Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Ada. And I'm Thibaut. Every two weeks, we interview top leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. And every other week, we'll share tactical tips and insights on how to start conversations, generate opportunities, and close deals faster. We are on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever. Yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to submit your questions and guest suggestions, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So welcome everyone in this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today we're going to talk about a topic, one of my favorite topics actually in 2021. So everything you need to know about video prospecting with the expert about that. So it's Rachel Shi from Vidyard. Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me on, Thibault. It's great to be here. Yeah. How are you doing so far? Doing good. Doing good. You know, things are uh, opening back up here in Toronto. It's sunny. So uh, I cannot complain. Feeling good. Okay, great. I guess that's, uh, it's currently like June 2021. So I guess that's the feeling that is shared by a lot of people. So I think it's, it's pretty nice to hear that. But we're not going to talk about lockdowns and whatever stuff in here. We're going to talk about video prospecting. You know, it's a topic I really love. We've been working on that together for quite a few months already. It's been super successful. But before we dive into the, that, can you maybe tell us more about you, your background and who's Rachel G? For sure. So currently, I work as a senior partner, uh, senior partner manager at Vidyard. Uh, been here for around about ten months or so, uh, working with sales trainers and coaches like yourself. Uh, you know, ultimately helping drive more value for our end customer, uh, who are salespeople, right? In terms of video selling. Before that, I was in direct sales myself. So for six years, I was in tech sales as an AE. Uh, before that was in agency sales. So, you know, been been at it for uh, a little while. Uh, actually got my start in graphic design though. So, uh, you know, a bit of a, a different trajectory than uh, a lot of folks from a, a career perspective. But uh, yeah, super excited to, to be here and uh, get to teach what I love, which is using video in sales. Okay. What got you to switch from graphic design to sales? The salary or... <laughs> a little bit. I cannot, <laughs> uh, you know, not going not gonna to lie there. Uh, I mean, honestly, I think for me, I've always been a very creative person. So from childhood, you know, always loved to draw, loved to design. Uh, you know, if there was any sort of posters or logos or things that my, my friends needed, uh, you know, I would always be the first one to, to do that. I think for me, the reality was working in graphic design was a little bit different to doing it for fun. Uh, you know, I worked in a nonprofit doing graphic design. So it was a um, you know, in a very ovarian cancer nonprofit back home in Australia, uh, where I'm from. And I didn't find it that fulfilling. You know, I felt like I was just behind a computer, uh, you know, behind Photoshop doing kind of revisions all day, didn't get to speak to anyone uh, really. So, you know, it just wasn't really for me in a commercial setting. So for me, when I got the opportunity to, to jump into sales, my first job in sales was an account, account manager in an agency. Uh, it was just a totally different vibe. 
you know, I got to, you know, speak to different people all day, you know, get to know people, problem solve. Uh, and I found that just, it was much more of a fit for me in terms of personality and my strengths. Uh, and I still do the creative stuff on the side. It's just, you know, it's not a full-time job anymore. Okay. Yeah. I think for me, like uh, a lot of jobs, we expect like uh, design, graphic design, all these things, like doing videos, whatever. Uh, these creative jobs, we expect them to be uh, something where you're going to be like by a lake, drawing some stuff with birds listening to you. And, and, and it's just not like that mm -hmm. at all. And I feel like sales is the only job that delivers on the expectation, you know, where at some point you really feel like you're, Closing customers is super exciting. It's like you have this kind of dopamine rush and, uh, and it's actually really nice to be closing uh, people. So I think that's, uh, that, that should be the dream job of more people doing sales, I think. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the, the barrier to entry is super low as well, right? You don't need yeah. a fancy degree. You don't need to go to school for ages to do it. You know, you, uh, you know I think it's a job where you really get rewarded as much as you, you work. Right. Yeah. So, you know, financial ceiling is limitless. Uh, you know, if you're in the right opportunity and obviously you put in the, the effort to, to learn and work hard. And I just don't think you find that in many yeah. other jobs. Exactly. There, so. Exactly. And so so you've been in sales for a while now. You have, you have, you know, a good experience. When is the first time you heard about video prospecting and when is the first time you used that? Yeah. So for me, it was actually when I was working at a company called Hootsuite. So Hootsuite does social media management solutions. It was my first tech sales job when I got to, to Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was just part of our tech stack that we got at the time. So, you know, when you're onboarding, you know, so here are the tools that you use, Salesforce, Hootsuite at the time, Vidyard, uh, and a bunch of others. So, you know, it was always kind of in the background there. Uh, I'll admit at the time, I didn't use it that much. For us, you know, four years ago, you know, pre-COVID, pre-pandemic, It was more of a kind of a solutions consultants tool where they might film just a quick demo for a prospect or a customer, but it really wasn't top of mind, right? As yeah. much as it is now. I would say the time where I really started ramping up would have been the next job that I was in, which was at a small accessibility startup here in mm -hmm. Toronto as well, where I was one of the first SaaS AEs brought on to build out a new SaaS sales organization, transitioning it from more of a professional services Firm. So I really had to reinvent the way that we were doing things from the ground up. Uh, so I was one of two. And in the market, it was a very complex solution that we were selling. Accessibility, I'm not sure you know, how much you're familiar with it, Tibo, but it's a very complex sale and deals with a lot of different stakeholders. So mm -hmm. uh, chief legal officers, chief digital officers, chief product officers were some of the target personas that we were tasked to, to go after. And, you know, in a position where we honestly didn't have that, much re that many resources from marketing perspective or anything, we really had to do it all. Yeah. So that means as uh, an AE, you have to get really creative, uh, you know, with the way that uh, you do your outreach, right? These people get bombarded with emails and cold calls all day. So for me, that was when I really started integrating video into my sales, uh, sales tech stack and uh, started seeing really good results. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think uh, it's, um, as you said, complex sales. So I know a bit about accessibility. If you're talking about the website accessibility, so showing like big letters or whatever. Uh, um, so I've actually, we, we had like a, a product in the company I was working before called uh, Applause, which was accessibility testing. Never managed to sell anything. So very complicated. Just even finding the person responsible for that is, is a challenge I found. 
but yeah, using video like uh, um, can be super interesting. But the problem for a lot of people is that um, I received, for example, I received a video from uh, an SDR and training today, and we didn't go through the uh, training like uh, about video prospecting yet. And he sent me a five minute video, you know, and it's just like, I'm like, come on, <laughs> it's not really how you prospect, but how do you get people to, uh, you know, when they are really shy, because I found that a lot of people are really scared of putting themselves on video. What are the tips, you know, to get started when you don't know how to shoot videos? Absolutely. So, I mean, first thing I'm going to say is uh, if you use something like Vidyard, you can just 2x that speed. I watch every video in 2x speed now. Um, okay, that's good. It's, the function is there. <laughs> uh, that being said, of course, you know, those sorts of mistakes are very common for people who are just getting started and it's not part of their regular day to day. Uh, from a kind of a, a fear side of things, honestly, I mean, fear starts all in your mind, right? Fear is not based in reality. I would say to someone who's just starting out, how did it feel when you were first making cold calls, right? How difficult did that feel? Picking up the phone, calling a stranger, disrupting someone's day with your pitch, getting rejected over and over again, and then needing to move on and keep on doing it right? hundreds and hundreds of more times. Mm -hmm. So it's the same principle, right? It's, a, it's learning a new skill. You need to develop a new muscle around it. Arguably, I'd say making a video is more much easier than cold calling. You know, you're not dealing with that rejection. You're just making those videos in your own time and letting your prospect or customer consume that. So I would start with that piece, just seeing, seeing it as a skill that you need to, to learn, uh, learn the elements of that and, uh, you know, before you can get really good at it. The second thing that I would say is, I mean, I actually learned this from a head of sales that I was training on video sales. And we were doing a big group. It was like 160 reps. It was a uh, very old school industry, they sold basically like refrigeration and, uh, you know, sort of manufacturing equipment. And, you know, all the attendees were like in their 40s to, to 50s, right? These were old school guys who were going, who'd been used to going door to door, selling in person. Obviously, that had to really change, uh, you know, during yeah. the pandemic. So that's why they were taking our training. And there were people in the crowd who were in a similar mindset, right? They actually, uh, a lot of them had their camera off, they were not used to the idea of digital selling at all, let alone video. And one of them actually pinged the head of sales who was my contact and said, hey, look, I don't think this is for me. You know, maybe yeah. this is for the younger generation uh, or some people, but I, I don't know if I want to do this. To which the head of sales said, what if your competitor was doing this though? Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was a really powerful statement. No further comment needed. I think it's important to, for every salesperson, just to take yourself out of your own head, out of yourself and think, okay, what is the best outcome, you know, for the, the customer, being more customer centric mm -hmm. rather than what you personally are comfortable with or, or not. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and the thing is the, for me, like I, I have a lot of people in my community who have been using video and the, every market, everything works like in the US, in Germany, in France, it works everywhere where people are really amazed because it's super rare people to sending videos because of this fear, you know, like a lot of people will, for example, they will download video, are super excited. And then they will like stop, like block, or they will send two videos and be like, okay, that doesn't work. And so I think it's really about um, getting started. For me, what I noticed is that the best thing you can do when you get started is just like 
record the video, hide your, put like another tab, hide, hide your face and just talk, you know? And I mean, you, you're reading my newsletters very often because you're always replying to them. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like I, I do it in the morning. I often look super tired. Sometimes I make mistakes. I say, sorry, whatever. I just don't do too. Uh, I almost never reshoot a video. I always do it. If there's some noise, whatever, I don't care. And it makes it very human. And people really like that. I found so it's uh, it's just a, another medium where you just kind of doing a voice note, but on top of the voice, there's a video. Precisely. I always say to people, your humanness is an asset, not a liability. Yeah. Right? I think a lot of people are caught up in perfection, looking super polished, having the perfect script every time. You're setting yourself up for failure doing that. Yeah. And counterintuitively, your prospects don't want that. You know, if something is too slick or too polished, there's actually a psychological thing that goes off in their head that feels like, okay, someone's trying to sell me something. Yeah. You know, we're all used to sort of those polished ads. Uh, so I think we have a really amazing opportunity to kind of bring that humanness to the forefront now and just be ourselves, be human, because uh, that is really refreshing. Yeah, exactly. And so we often hear about video being used for prospecting. But are there other stages in which you can use in a sales process uh, video? Yeah, so I think the best way to think of video is as a communication tool, right? So the best sales reps that I know are using it strategically throughout the full sales cycle, even post-sale, right? The possibilities really are endless. I think video prospecting is kind of the next hot thing. Right. There are a lot of SDRs and BDRs talking about it uh, you know, on LinkedIn, which is great. You know, they're sharing their results there. Uh, but the fact is, if you're not thinking about it uh, as more of a holistic tool that can be used anywhere where communication uh, you know, is done, then you're really missing out. So you know, in terms of the full sales cycle, if you think about re-engaging with old prospects, micro demos, as I mentioned, uh, you know, reconnecting with people who have fallen off, influencing other stakeholders, uh, you know, talking to sort of getting behind the curtain and talking to people who are signing the checks, but, uh, you know, are never going to want to talk to you, right? Even post-sale, making sure that people are happy, right? After you've closed the deal, sort of providing that extra level of customer service. All of these things are, you know, things that we're seeing uh, here at Vidyard in terms of people who are just getting really creative with it and ultimately just creating a better customer experience. Yeah. I've been using video like a lot into uh, one thing that, that I do is when people ask, you know, for a summary after discovery call or, or like a more in-depth demo, instead of writing an email, you say, hey, here's a summary. And then you summarize everything you would say in the video. Then it's actually shared a lot. People love sharing that. And then what I found is that you're getting introduced automatically, like people see your face, hear your voice you know, who you didn't meet and then they kind of see a human and not just an email. So that works super well. Also, one thing is uh, I love doing like when I do like coaching, regular coaching, uh, uh, you know, and people um, who hired me basically don't have too much time to spend with me every week for debriefing. I send them a debriefing video and they love this. You know, I had a VP of sales. She was like loving my my debriefs and uh, she was just like waiting for them every Friday. You know, she was like, oh, where's my video? So that's, uh, I think that's really, uh, really, uh, as you said, a communication tool that can be used everywhere. And for me, I found it's also faster to speak on video than to actually write something down. 100%. Yeah, no, it's kind of like being there without actually being there. Mm -hmm. And we know that it's really hard to get to know people over text is, you know, 
well presented or as charming or as funny as you may be uh, in person, we know that 93% of communication is nonverbal, mm-hmm. right? So why are we relying on, uh, you know, email to get our cro- point across every single time when sometimes just a quick video could, uh, you know, really make more of an impact? Exactly, exactly. And so do you have maybe like a, um, a framework to share specifically around prospecting videos? Is there kind of a best practice you can share with the, with the, our audience? Yeah, so, I mean, there are tons out there, right? Um, you know, the, we, I'm seeing so many creative examples these days when, uh, you know, people are using more and more. I'd say if you're just getting started and you're just looking for a basic framework from a prospecting perspective, reaching out to someone that you, there's a Sandler methodology of stroke pain impact, which I find to be very impactful. So it's pretty much as it says on the tin, right? Stroke, you kind of reference something uh, about them, something that you found online, uh, you know, maybe they went to a certain school, some element of uh, a common ground that you can build and also maybe stroking their ego, right? Maybe they won an award of some kind and you know, you're congratulating them. Move on to pain. Right, pain, as we know, uh, you know, causes people to to buy. Right, that's what causes them to to search for solutions. So maybe referencing, maybe as a sales manager, uh, you know, if you're prospecting one of those, uh, you know, maybe you're finding it uh, hard to get your reps to book more meetings, right, or you know, close more deals, whatever it may be. Sort of referencing that, uh, and then maybe impact is where you start talking about other customers that you've helped in a similar position. So you know building that social proof, building that third party story, uh, and then just tying all of that together. I think in total, it can be, you know, no longer than 60 seconds, right? But it's a very sort of formulaic stroke pain impact uh, way of just pulling it all together and gets your message across uh, without needing to, to think too much about it. I like that. And you talked about 60 seconds. So what's the, the good duration for a prospecting video? Do you have any numbers or any tips on that? Yeah, so I mean, 40 to 60 seconds, again, is always my best rule of thumb. Again, rules of thumb are just are just that. People mm-hmm. break those rules uh, all the time. If you get really creative, maybe you can earn the right for, you know, a two minute long video, right? If you put a lot of effort into it. Uh, you know, we have folks here who, uh, you know, have won Vidyard Awards for, mm-hmm. you know, best prospecting video and things like that. One of my favorite examples is of a rep who uh, was prospecting to the body shop. This rep worked at a packaging company, uh, you know, in the UK. And what he did was create a quick video uh, around a body shop package that he ordered and literally took out all the packaging that was in that one box of the stuff that he'd ordered. And then comparatively put uh, the packaging that his company could potentially uh, sell for uh, next to that long string of packaging uh, that the body shop original package had. And the difference, the stark difference was, you know, very confronting when you see it in video form. It's like, okay, like literally a third of the amount. So he showed versus told. And I think that's really impactful. Uh, and he just used that as a way to kind of introduce a potential pain, a challenge in a way that these companies could solve uh, the body shop's problem uh, in, in the form of using too much packaging and spending too much money on that. Uh, and then entice them to potentially book a meeting with him for a, a consult. So for, you know, really creative videos like that, I think you can definitely go a little bit longer. Uh, it's really just up to you as to, uh, you know, how you prefer to approach it. Okay. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. The, this, this one specific thing where it's very interactive and uh, creative. What I found is like the big, big kind of problem people go through, they believe like prospecting, video prospecting is really about long videos that show value, 
And actually, it's really about um, making a teaser, just like a teaser of a movie. It's the same. You do actually super small, short video. For me, I, I really see just as another medium. Uh, media, sorry. Um, I will, no, medium. Uh, yeah, I will actually use the video to say something I would actually say in a voice note or in a call. And uh, that works That works really well. So it's really about finding these, you know, short videos and then maybe making it longer whenever you have already established contact and you want to provide more value. Because the thing is, it's a good kind of pattern interrupt. It can captures the attention of prospects and uh, and that's just like another media for the, doing that, basically. Exactly. Yeah. No, the, the length of time of these videos would certainly depend on at what point of the sales cycle you're in, right? Once you've earned... Mm -hmm the right to send longer videos. Maybe you, something do require longer videos. If you're showing a quick demo of your product, a certain feature you want to walk through, ensure that's fully understood. Yeah, maybe that'll be three, four minutes long, right? Yeah. Maybe you've closed a happy customer. This is something that I've done as well, right? Maybe two, three months afterwards, you know, they're happy with your service. One thing that I would love to do when I was back at my old job was ask them for referrals, mm -hmm. right? And that was something that was just way more impactful over a video than just over generic text that someone could just ignore, right? It's very hard mm -hmm. to ignore someone who's showing up on a video. Yeah. It's something that I've also found. Uh, you kind of mm, ignite the, the law of reciprocity, right? You, someone shows an extra step of effort, uh, you know, kind of that makes the other person feel, okay, I've got to at least get back to this person, right? So you can kind of take advantage mm -hmm. of that um, sort of psychological trick, but yeah, certainly at those points, you want to ensure that you put some time and effort, uh, you know, into the, those asks and be a little bit more thoughtful about it. I didn't think about that, but the referral ask by video is actually super smart. I'm going to do a, a post about that tomorrow for sure. So thanks for the idea. Nice. <laughs> and uh, and so what about the, um, you know, like uh, when should you not use video in sales? Yeah, so I think, I mean, the biggest mistake I would say people make when they just learn about video is just starting to think, okay, well, do I go ahead and just like replace every communication that I have with video, right? Unnecessarily. I think we always just want to be cognizant of the scenario that we're in, uh, you know, when it comes to using a certain medium, think critically, okay, is this probably, is this just a yes or no answer that I can just reply via text? Yes, so do that, right? Don't just make a video for the sake of making a video. I think that's really important to keep in mind. I think the other thing too that I see is, you know, video is an amplifier. Mm -hmm. So it amplifies weaknesses just as much as it amplifies strengths, mm -hmm. right? So that's important to keep in mind. Meaning that maybe if you're not having the best day, you know, you've got some, you know, some things going on in your life and you're just not, you know, in really in the, the mood, genuinely just not in the mood, right? maybe just skip the videos that day, right? Cause that's gonna come across in your voice. It's gonna come across in your, your tone and you may, it may actually backfire on you. Mm -hmm. So make sure that, you know, you're at least in a, a good frame of mind when you're going ahead and creating your videos. Um, because again, it can really amplify some of those, uh, those weaknesses. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Because I think it's, uh, as you said, if you say, oh my God, I love video and you just like remove everything else that may be a problem and, um, and yeah, like this, uh, you know, like there's some kind of communication, which is very simple and you don't need to kind of go and shoot a video for that. So that's a good one. And what about the, um, you know, like where should you use video? What channel should you be using that on? I mean, sky really is the limit, Dubal. You know, I think 
you know, I've seen you make videos over email, over LinkedIn. Uh, you know, some people get creative over text. The fact is the world is just video these days, right? I think Cisco actually released a study where 82% of all online media now is video. It's not surprising if you're on Instagram, your Facebook videos are, are literally everywhere you turn. So again, the sky really is the limit and, you know, as much as your imagination really is just going to dictate, you know, where and when video should be used. So really depends on kind of what you're trying to achieve, but, you know, don't limit yourself by, by channel is what I say. I never tried it, but I think SMS and WhatsApp, you know, you can drop a link on that. So that could be also pretty cool. Um, What I found is like, for me, I love using video on LinkedIn uh, with the I'm, I'm animated thumbnail. So uh, I use VidYard for that. And, uh, you know, there's the preview, which I think is pretty cool, where you can see like uh, the face moving or whatever. And, and I think it's it's really genius, you know, because it gets people really curious. Um, so yeah, I think, as you said, sky's the limit, you can use it pretty much everywhere. And can you maybe tell me a bit about the, uh, some numbers you have around video prospecting? Do you have some kind of data VidYard has been doing, um, you know, like, What's what are the numbers around that? So we are doing research on this pretty much constantly, right? Because video is evolving all the time. You know, as the market changes, we want to ensure that uh, we're accurately measuring for that and understanding what video's impact is. Uh, You know, I could pull a couple of case studies out. I mean, HubSpot's entire sales team forexed their booked meeting rate after making video wall to wall. Uh, in their sales organization. So that's the most, uh, you know, impactful story that we have. Sales Loft, they also released a study uh, with video in sales emails actually resulting in a a 26% uh, higher lift in reply rate uh, after analyzing around about 134 million emails that had gone through their system. So those are a few case studies. But I think, I mean, for me, the most impactful stories are the ones that we see every day. Right, we're all on LinkedIn. Hopefully, you know everyone listening to this is on LinkedIn, uh, researching your prospects, you know, learning about your industry, how to get better at sales. We see these stories every single day, just from individual sellers sharing stories of how they hit or exceeded their quota, uh, you know, using video, creative videos that got an amazing response from one of their customers, creating that customer delight. So we have a Vidyard Wins channel here, uh, you know, internally, and we get these stories constantly. And uh, I think that's almost the the best validator of uh, videos impact in the market. Okay. Yeah. I think the, the, these, these are great numbers. They show how powerful this is. And I think the study of HubSpot is, is already, I don't know, like it's been there for a while. So it was already working really well a few like a while ago. And now it's actually, I think, boosted like crazy. So um, yeah, I think video is definitely like a really great media for that. Um, and so I'd be curious now to know a bit more about Vidyard and uh, and maybe like if you can tell us a bit more about, um, yeah, just about the company uh, and, and what value you provide, who you're working with typically. Yeah, so Vidyard, we've been around for 11 years now. We are headquartered in Kitchener-Waterloo in Ontario um, and we are in hyper growth phase right now. Uh, we were one of those companies that, COVID was actually a positive for, so really uh, exploited a lot of different companies, companies we would never traditionally go after started coming to us and looking for ways to improve their, their, their selling results, uh, you know, through video. So uh, 
in a really good position to uh, do well. We actually were founded as a video hosting platform, mm -hmm. uh, so mostly for marketers. So historically, it's more 80-20 marketing sales. But in the last two years, and then COVID really took it off, now we're more 80-20 sales marketing, mm -hmm. if that gives you any indication. Mm -hmm. So we are going all in on the sales use case. We want to help salespeople be the best at video selling. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's really kind of our, our mission today. So, you know, in terms of where the company's going, we are, of course, with that growth, we're hiring a lot as well. So a lot of sales roles, growth roles, you know, product roles, everything's on our, our website. Mm -hmm. uh, we're also growing in EMEA as well. I know you're connected with our, a few of our EMEA reps too. So uh, yeah, 2021 is really our year. Uh, yeah looking forward yeah and i think it's it's a great company to work for based on the cultures you are you seem to have be having and uh and, and so um yeah i think where is it where is it in the in the, in europe do you have like a headquarter or people are just scattered all over the place yeah people are pretty scattered right now so yeah we've got folks in like dublin germany um i think middle east we're starting to, to mm -hmm. grow there too so I think we're probably going to yeah, need leadership there at some point. Mm -hmm. So our North American leaders aren't waking up at 4 a.m. <laughs> to, to help them. But yeah, uh, yeah no, we're, we're really trying to grow in that market yeah. this coming fiscal. It's actually a very nice market to grow. Um, and uh, like using video and MEI is, is just like super powerful right now. So I think it's, it's a great opportunity. And so if people want to kind of uh, get in touch with you, get to know more about you, where, where, should, they, uh, where should they go? Yeah, so the best way to reach me is probably LinkedIn. Uh, so Rachel Shi uh, on LinkedIn. Uh, you know, if you want to email me, learn a little bit more, rachel.shi at vidyard.com uh, is the, the place to find me. Okay, perfect. I'll put like the uh, link to your uh, to your LinkedIn. I won't put the email because otherwise it can be scrapped by robots and then you're going to be super spammed. But um, basically what I would say as an advice to people is if you want to get in touch with Rachel, send her a video. You know, that's going to be a cool thing to do. And I think you're posting regularly on LinkedIn also. I, 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 what is your niche? Like, what, what, are, what are you talking about in general? Yeah, so for me, uh, you know, posting on LinkedIn and building my profile there was always designed to, you know, help me further what I was doing at my job, right? So mm -hmm. at my previous job in accessibility startup, I was posting accessibility information. Uh, you know, it was very esoteric information a lot of time for the professionals we were selling into, right? Mm -hmm. So I was trying to be that hub. Now here at Vidyard, since we're selling to, to salespeople, a lot of content around sales process, psychology, you know, negotiation, personal development, uh, mindset and growth. Those are things that I'm really passionate about. I think that personal development is professional development. If you get your house in order, uh, you know, personally, that will reflect in your professional life as well. Yeah. So, you know, that's really the stuff that I'm passionate about and I, I tend to post a lot about. Okay. Yeah, I think it's definitely worth giving you a follow because you post some really interesting stuff. So, uh, yeah, really like following you. But yeah, thanks a lot, Rachel, uh, for coming on the show. That was super insightful. And uh, yeah, thanks a lot for all the tips. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you like what you hear and you want to suggest a topic or a guest, you can join the T-shaped sales community. It's a 10 euro a month subscription where you'll get access to one new tactical training every month, a community of sales reps and exclusive events and discounts. Join today and get one month for free at www.saleslabs.io slash TSC.